The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. What are you people, on dope? All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. But first, it's time for the opening gem of the day.
Wow. Very interesting. That, my friends, is part of the genre I call sinister chic. There we go. Because it's got a singular sound. Yeah. As one of the reviewers had called that piece, it was the 60s met the 90s. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much. It got that vibe. That a exactly. lot of vibe. That you know? vibe. And uh, for the uninitiated, that was Madonna doing her hit, uh, Beautiful Stranger, which was available on the Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me soundtrack. Nice. Not otherwise commercially released in the United States. Interesting. You know, in spite of that, it still hit number 19 on the Billboard Top 100. Yeah. Simply because uh, stations were playing the hell out of it. Right. Because people were requesting it. Uh just lit up like wildfire. She got great reviews. Yeah. Won her a Grammy of all things. It did not qualify as your quote-unquote typical Madonna tune. It really didn't. Exactly. And this came after uh, the whole Ray of Light album where she was getting into like psychedelic club music and whatnot. Right. So again, I mean, kudos to the woman. Uh, yeah. In my estimation, like I said to you when we watched the video, it was the last time she was hot. <laughs> and she overachieved. She, she was hot in that video, yeah. I will say. And, uh, you know, look, it's, it's, it's like anybody... You don't become Madonna without being talented. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, she would come up with something, uh, you know, taking uh, social relevance or outrage or shock value out of it. Yeah. The woman's got talent. Yeah. And she was an amazing media manipulator. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I never considered her, you know, all that great a dancer, all that great a singer, but mm-hmm. she was an extremely, extremely intelligent entertainer. Yes, and she know. knew how to market herself. Exactly. And, you know, we say all this sadly with, I mean, damn, look at her today. It's just, yeah, that, eh. it's off the rails. Eh. But. Ugly motherfucker. Yeah, celebrate her while you can. And I was always yeah. a, a bit of a uh, closeted Madonna fan. Well, that's the nice thing about being where we are in life right now. And and we were talking about this briefly before the show. You know, back when we were younger, mm-hmm. you kind of had to declare. Right. You know, you were in this <laughs> camp, and that meant that you hated these people and yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. And, yeah, a little something to look forward to, kids. You will eventually get to a point where you don't have to play that bullshit anymore. Yeah. And you can openly admit, hey, you know, I dug... Madonna, yep. you know, or I dug Madonna tunes or ABBA or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's kind of a comfortable thing. It's a comfortable place to be. Yeah. So, and yeah, as, as that, testament to that know? was how close we came to including yet another Tom Jones song <laughs> in our list of gems for this episode. But I digress now. Indeed, indeed. Importantly, of course, there's always an agenda. Bye. And I, uh, I, I suggested that song yeah. because our main topic this week is a little ditty that hit the newswire yep. about a pilot named of Mike Beaton. Danger's my middle name. With uh, British Airways, yeah. who after, uh, I guess, a, a layover, yeah, because I guess it would yeah, be the same thing for a layover, yeah. A layover uh, and a flight after a trip to Johannesburg. Joburg. Yeah, Joburg. <laughs> He took the day off to get into a bit of mischief, as indeed, they say. Indeed, indeed. Uh, including an indulgence uh, with three strangers he had met. Yeah. One of which he referred to, uh, I guess she was Spanish, but he refers to her in a very Austin Powers-esque way as that Spanish bird. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he indulged in love the Brits. large quantities of, of alcohol and cocaine, yeah. including off the chest of one of these women he had met. Yeah. And just a, a randy bit of partying that went on, and where the story really reaches its zenith, mm-hmm. as you would say, how could he not have known? How could he have not known? He yes. relays the story the next day to a co-worker uh. who happened to be 
a female flight attendant. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to sound a cliche on this one, but <laughs> like my old man used to say, they don't call it dope because it makes you smarter, kids. <laughs> um, this guy, you know, going off of the how could you have not known, right down the list, shared the booze and coke story with a subordinate. Shared the booze and coke story with a female subordinate. Uh, this guy... Married man obviously mm-hmm. doesn't understand women. Doesn't understand that, you know his his little uh, 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 tale of of randiness and, and, and tales being, of ribaldry. Yes, being a randy little boy, <laughs> being wicked. Uh, not gonna go over well, you know, with your flight attendant team. Pal. Apparently not. And no. as I read the opening story, they. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you, you know what happens. So they, they started at the end, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. And I'm figuring he must have said this to his buddies that were pilots. You'd think. Or maybe his co-pilot, you know. Yeah. Not a, a seemingly unrelated to him and, and by way of, like, no ties or relationship of any kind or even mm-hmm. friendship. Yeah. To a female flight attendant. Dumb shit. Not only that... <laughs> But he created the modern equivalent of a paper trail by texting. Exactly. Texting exactly. all of these details. You know, and the you, texts were glorious. Yes. I, I wish I, I could you know, quote all of them. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this is where I got the Austin Powers impression from because he even mentions one where he... And, and, and why they felt the need to asterisk out shagging yeah. is beyond... That me. was kind of funny. Yeah, I did read the Fox story and yeah, they, they <laughs> put the little asterisk. Fuck me. Asterisk after Shagger till they couldn't breathe. Yeah. And then he, he, he goes right back and says, well, probably the only way I was like so amazing all night was because of all the because coke of the that coke. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because, you know, it's a it's a double-edged sword with coke. It, you can keep going and you stay awake and whatnot, but like as far as in any way, shape, or form getting a woody, not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. And of course, I am not speaking of experience. That oh, was, never! Yes, that was something I read in a magazine <laughs> once upon a time. That's right. Rope is for Boy Scouts, kids. Very long time ago. <laughs> I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. But yeah, this guy was just the epitome of stupid. I mean, again, right. you know, how could you have possibly not known? You know, emails, text. They never go away. Mm. They never go away. Yeah. Welcome to the 21st century. Yeah, so I, ironically, this woman uh, turned him in to the powers that be at British Airways. Shocking. He was, of course, prevented from flying again yeah. after this. He's Appa- probably unemployable at this point. Yeah, they, they apparently drug tested him the next day, and mm-hmm. he was roughly the equivalent of a chemical waste dump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they flew him home commercial. You know, talk about <laughs> slapping him down, you know. Oh, yeah, hope boy. hope that night, you know, snorting coke off of some chick's rack was, was good for you, pal. <laughs> because, you know, that probably was the end of his marriage. Yeah. And yep. justifiably so. Who would want to be married to somebody this stupid? Right. You know? And the whole thing just it harkens back to a day and age of our I guess the golden years or the salad days of of that TWA lifestyle of the late sixties, early seventies, yeah. where these guys were they were pilots for rock stars. You yeah. Know? Catch me if you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was just, you know, all all the flight attendants were out of a cookie cutter. They were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They had these wonderful outfits. It was a lifestyle. Yet yeah, nothing is like that anymore. No. Trust me. No, those days <laughs> are gone, like people. That. Those days are gone. So again, like like most articles nowadays, when you when you catch these at, at a particular website and you're reading through it, they've got um, and 
You're the place. literary one. You, yeah. you would know that, you know, back in the day, reading a good novel, sometimes they would take an important quote and yep. stick it, like, right in the middle. as like a little break, you know. Sure, sure. And they do that now, like I said, with links to other articles that are somewhat related. Yeah. So as I'm going through this, as if all this isn't bad enough, right. there was a, another link to uh, <laughs> another story. Yeah, British Airways is investigating. Yeah, well, in this case, uh, it was released by the FAA. Yeah. That uh, up to 5,000 just U.S. Oh, you're talking pilots. about that story. Oh, yeah. They're actively working with serious physical and mental health issues. Right. And they haven't reported these to the FAA. Apparently, they only came about because they were reporting it to uh, different agencies to get um, stipends or additional medical care yeah. because of these Conditions. Yeah, word for word from the Washington Post story. Federal officials are investigating nearly 5,000 pilots suspected of falsifying Oof. their health records to conceal the fact that they have been receiving benefits for mental health disorders. Right. You know, I want to be on a plane being flown by a guy <laughs> who's suffering from a mental health disorder. Right, and there's two people that in the service industry, I don't want to be... Preoccupied with something like the wife leaving him or the dog dying. Yeah. One is a pilot. Yeah. The next would have to be a barber when it's time for him to take out the straight razor and yeah. give it a shave. I want that son of a bitch to be having a banger of a day. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I can come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I say, like, oh, your wife left you, uh, Captain Steubing? I'll come back another <laughs> day for this flight. I'm all set. Where's the Avis counter? Right. Goddamn right. But, um, you know, that it, it goes hand in hand, which makes me now think. Conspiracy. Yes. It goes hand in hand with a shortage, again, just in this country, yeah. of up to 8,000 pilots. I read that. It was like, what, 11, 12% or something yes. like that? Yeah. And we see it every day with all these mass cancellations, especially when the rubber hits the road on a busy holiday weekend, yeah. let's say. All of a sudden, flights are canceled left and right because the crews are timing out or they have shortages or whatever. But it's like a self fulfilling prophecy yeah. that, yeah, you, you got to scrape the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. To get pilots when you're short 8,000 of them. Yep. And like I had said to you pre-show, it takes a lot, a lot of training and flight hours to become not just a licensed pilot, but yep. on a commercial scale. Yep. And granted, you know, we can maybe get lulled into a sense of complacency due to modern avionics right. and how these planes are built. And yeah, seriously, sorry to you know peek behind the curtain, mm -hmm. but they're they're basically bus drivers of the air. Okay, oh, yeah. and however, it's funny, <laughs> funny the things that that you know uh, under the right circumstances will be stringent upon, mm -hmm. uh, and yet under the wrong circumstances will kind of look the other way. Right, right. You know, we'll we'll let that one slide just mm -hmm. because you know, and this is typical of that. Yeah, you know, I mean. And not to be unfair to bus drivers, I don't want to get behind the you know in a, in a bus with a drunken bus driver. Yeah, but I certainly don't want to be thirty thousand feet up in the air with somebody who's about to call it quits. Yeah, a guy who has a mental <laughs> breakdown. Right. Wrong time, wrong place, wrong time. Yep. And uh, and yeah, just just to bounce back a little bit, there were a couple mm -hmm. of curious links. Um, Go with it with that with that particular story. I don't read Fox very often. Fox anything? It's probably very often. That way. <laughs> <laughs> But on this one, I was impressed. It was like, there's all sorts of interesting shit going on here. Uh, there was also a story about uh, British Airways investigating reports that a flight attendant, female flight attendant, is apparently offering sexual yes. services between flights, up to and including selling her underwear. You've made me into a whore! Honey. And uh, offering to hook up at a hotel 
during those stayovers. Uh, I tell you, man, truth be told, that beats the hell out of a bag of peanuts. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But, again, <laughs> duh, she was advertising on social media. Uh. So the story headline could have been social media claims another moron. Yep. You know, and it just it just goes to show you it's not strictly male stupidity <laughs> uh, going well, on no. in the friendly sky. You're right. It's important in 2023 that we realize stupidity is an equal opportunity ailment. Isn't it though? Yeah. 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 But yeah, going back to the going back to the pilot thing that we were talking about, it never ceases to amaze me the circumstances in which we will look the other way mm-hmm. because yeah. You know, I mean, people are screaming about, you know, all the shit you go through to fly these days. Yeah. You know, all the shit at the airport, um, you know, delays, the cancellations. Well, it's the same people that complain about the comfort of the seats. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're in a pressurized tin can. <laughs> Again, 30,000 feet hurdling at the speed of sound. Yeah. And you're worried that there's no lumbar support in the Indeed. seat. Indeed. Jackass. Can you imagine how much these people would freak the fuck out? There's my gratuitous F bomb in the Warranted. show. Yep. Freak the F out if the FAA started enforcing, you know, these policies and grounding these guys. Can right. you imagine the utter chaos yep. at the airports? I mean, you think it's bad now? Holy yeah. Jesus. And I, I harken back to that scene in Fight Club yep. where Edward Norton's flying and the uh, brochures. Uh, Brad Pitt was replacing with actual cartoons of what would happen <laughs> with the flotation device and the fire and the crutch. It's like, you know, if people really stop to think about the, the nuances or just the sheer amount of moving parts, yeah. from the minute you, you scan your ticket at the gate to you're up in the air, yeah. you, you, you wouldn't fly. You, you wouldn't fly anymore. If you, yeah, if you were down with the realities yeah. and the specifics. Yeah. Believe me, there's a reason they serve drinks on a plane, and it ain't for the social interaction, as oh, we've yeah. seen. Oh, I used to make it a point. I mean, back when I was living in L.A. and working in... Uh, syndicated radio. I used to fly all the time. Mm-hmm. At one point, felt like I lived in airports. Yep. And I made it a point to get as cross-eyed and stupid as I possibly could before I got on the plane. Yeah. Because when you're on the plane, you're not in control of every of anything. Anything. Really. You're, it's, you're totally relying and putting your faith in somebody you've never met, you yep. don't know. You're hoping like hell he knows what he's doing. And if he yep. doesn't, that's your ass. It's a cross between sitting in a dentist chair and that episode of the Twilight Zone where, yeah. they, where the creature's on the wing. <laughs> it's like a, a meeting of yeah. that somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That, yes, you're not in control. You can't leave, all right? Yeah. You're most certainly a captive audience. Oh, yeah. And you never know what the shit's going to happen mm-hmm. or how or who. And nowadays, you know, maybe, knock on wood, right. we don't have to worry so much about terrorists with all the scanning and this and that. Yeah. But look at the way people, the, the, your fellow passengers, are acting and the complete and utter disregard they show of everything from safety to common courtesy. Yeah. Honestly, you couldn't pay me to fly. You really couldn't. And if, I, if it's a case of, well, John, you got to take this plane to get to your vacation destination, I will break that down for you as such. Yeah. Okay, so you're telling me if I survive the trip there, I'm going to have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, yeah, let's, funny, let's roll the dice on this one. Exactly. Funny how that progression works. Uh, yeah.
But yeah, in all honesty, I don't miss those days. Right. You know, running through airports. Hell you know, yeah. Jumping yeah. on planes, this, that, the other thing. Some of the shit that I used to get up to mm. on planes and whatnot. Yeah. And I, I always yeah. saw it as a, as a necessary evil. I never enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm the guy that sits in a window seat, not for the view, yeah. but quite like as a kid when I go to the doctor and if I had to get a shot, I wanted to watch the needle go in, yeah. squirt the goo in there, pull it back out, swab me. Yeah. I want to watch the process as closely as I can sure. so there's no surprises. Oh, yeah. So that's what I do. And if I can, I'll even take a seat right on the wing because I like watching the flaps go up and down, make yeah. sure everything's working, yeah. you know? If the yeah, engine flames out, I want to be the first to know. Yeah, there was an element of excitement to it when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time, you know, seeing it fully uh, played itself out, you know, 12, 14 years later, whatever, it was kind of a mix of, like, flying coast to coast, it was, what, what would the breakdown be? It was like four and a half hours of absolute utter boredom. <laughs> yes. And then 15 minutes on either end of utter terror. Mm-hmm. When, you know, I fully grasped the potential of what could happen in the takeoff and the landing. And I mean, you know, landing, like, for example, in Chicago in Uh December, you know, under adverse conditions, to say the least, you know, and the plane hits the runway and it starts to slide. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember one night flying into Boston uh, in December and I had a nun next to me. (laughs) Which just goes to show you... Did she pull out the beads? Because that would make me freak. Yeah, well, if there's a god, he has a sick sense of humor putting me next to a nun and a nun next to me. But yeah, at one point when we were going in, she started praying. Because normally you'd have none of that. (laughs) I'll show myself uh, out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she started praying. And I was like, oh, this is a moment. You know? This is a moment. And yeah, it, it... in those moments, dawns on you that you have no control yeah. over the situation, none whatsoever. And I always thought it would be a great skit for SNL, especially with somebody like Kristen Wiig to play a, a flight attendant, yeah. like a grizzled one with a whole lot of hours under her belt. <laughs> yep. And the pilot comes over and says, oh, "You might want to temporarily put on your your belt. Yeah. You know, it's just a little turbulence. Nothing yeah. we can't handle." And have her because they always have that jump seat that like faces everybody else. Yep. And just have your normal gaggle of relatively nervous passengers. And instead of her just being calm, cool, and collected, riding it through, have her bolt suddenly and outwardly just start freaking out. Completely like, lose your my shit. My God, it's yeah. never been this bad. This, this is, is it. <laughs> and just work everybody into a frenzy. We're some real pretty shit now, man. Yeah, something just funny about that. I yeah, think. yeah. It, it does have the potential, you know, <laughs> if you're, you know, a very dark, dark mind comedically. You know, it has all sorts of potential. Yeah, she suddenly jumps up and says, this is it, folks. (laughs) Here we go. Now, we say all of this, you know, we don't want to, honestly, we don't want to frighten people away from uh, the the joys of air travel, you know, because that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, what hooked me, line and sinker on the story, was just the verbiage in the Texas, and and, and just, it's like (laughs) Austin Powers come to life, and I'm thinking to myself, this is just Yeah, this idiot has seen one too many... Movies, right? Yeah, and then you know, from there, I, I started saying to myself, "Self, perhaps we could incorporate uh, a theme with our gems, yeah, all about the swinging travel lifestyle." I like it. And since it's about that magic time for gem number two, yeah, watch you fill us in on what we went with, Mike. Uh, you know, I just this is one of those songs that I like. We're what episode one sixty? This is one sixty. So we're. 400-something gems in. <laughs> and this particular song, I just absolutely, absolutely love this call. Uh, credit 
to Johnny Teflon for coming up with this one. Yanked it out of his sleeve at the last minute. Um, <laughs> just if you're to a certain point cynical about life, like you and I are, mm-hmm. the dark comedy aspect of it appeals to us. <laughs> this song is a home run to you. This song is Mardi Gras. This song is New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> Of course, I'm talking about the ballad of John and Yoko. Yep. Uh, it is credited credited to the Beatles, I should say, but uh, this is vintage John Lennon all the way. Yep, whole lot of snark, and hey, hey it suits our purposes. So we're going to play this shiny little gem for you and be back in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff. Standing in the dark, it's a good tune it's a good traveling tune you know i could like spend the rest of the show in the next two or three shows just <laughs> talking about this song alone <laughs> i really could uh that of course was the ballad of john and yoko released as a non-album single back in may of 1969 by the beatles it was the beatles 17th 
17th, mind you, and final number one single in the UK. Wow. Uh, while over here in the US, it was banned by a number of stations Uh-oh. for John's references to Christ and the crucifixion. Oh, boy. Yeah. That old chestnut. Indeed, indeed. And of course, he laid the groundwork for it with his quote from 1966 uh-huh. about the Beatles being greater than Jesus Christ. Yep. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that just could kick some shit up. That was John <laughs> Lennon. Though I will say, and you know, we should uh, qualify this by saying that the, uh, the word Christ was apparently uh, censored, I guess you could say, or bleeped out mm-hmm. uh, for airplay in Australia, huh. of all places. They were, they were sensitive to the reference to Christ. Huh. But it just, it, it's kind of funny... You know, the things that caused controversy. Yes. And I don't know if that would cause controversy today or not. I mean, I was really surprised uh, back in the late 1990s when Marilyn Manson ripped up some Bibles on stage and everybody freaked the hell out. Right. I didn't think you could, like, still create outrage by doing silly shit like yeah. that. But apparently you can. Well, keeping apples to apples, I think there was... I don't know the name, so I'm going to just give it a, a, a Johnnyism. Yeah. I call them like interjection curses. Okay. So, not so much any of the heavy hitting like George Carlin's seven band words. Right. But, and normally this only applies to children. Okay. So, if a kid just up and yells, crap, you might get a rap across the mouth. Right. Back in the 60s and 70s, at least. Sure. Or, Christ. It's, it's in that, that same element. Yeah. So there were things that weren't necessarily banned, but they were extremely frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. Whereas nowadays, look, I mean, yeah, pretty much you can turn on TV and they're saying everything. So it, I guess it's effectively <laughs> over, um, you know, except for the classic F-bomb. That still rules supreme. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of that stuff was, was you know, Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, even, even as recently as uh, Sinead O'Connor, the late... Sinead O'Connor tearing up a picture of the Pope mm-hmm. um, on Saturday Night Live, of all places, right. where they are, you know, just prone to yeah. indulging in taboos and, and freaking people the hell out. And even with the backstory to that, which explains it and makes me understand why she did what she did in a yeah. much greater light, it's... You just you don't do that, and that was the lovable Pope everybody liked. Yeah, well, that was you know yet so another. Should have found another way to kind of. Yeah, another in, uh, another incident, I guess, where you could cloak it as how could you have not known? Yeah, you know, or maybe just underestimated the the potential controversy involved. You know, um, obviously, you know, mentions of Christ and the crucifixion still make people itch. Yeah. There's a lot of things that make people itch. Yes. Which conceivably... (laughs) It seems like they're doing a bit of itching over there right now, aren't they? Over in Gay Paris. (laughs) So the the subject for the second part is just merde. Yeah, though it's funny because I'm I'm more amused with the fact that people in London are squirming. (laughs) Over what might happen. Right, well they always got one eye on the French because who knows what they're up to over there. Because of what is already (laughs) happening... To the French. And uh, just to bring everybody along, yes, it's yet more agenda. Indeed. Um, there's a bit of an issue in uh, in Paris these days. You have a gift for understatement, my friend. <laughs> it seems that the good folks in the land of baguettes and berets have an issue with those critters known as bed bugs. Oh. The bane of any hotel traveler anywhere. Indeed. And the source of many a myth and legend. Uh, yes, the immortal... Bed bugs. Yes, I thought the Guardian really, really nailed it um, 
with a quote on the story I just read recently. The City of Light <laughs> is reportedly under siege from the nocturnal bloodsuckers. We're talking about a bug here, folks. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> just when he thought the worst thing about Paris was the B.O. <laughs> Sorry, Paris market, where we were doing well. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. yeah, there goes our fan base in Paris. Yeah, oh. so, I mean... Yeah, they've, they've looked. They've got uh, no doubt, because this story's now been picked up by multiple outlets and services, so it oh, is yeah. a thing. They are running with it. And uh, yeah, Paris has themselves a big book investigation going on in the city. Now, by the city, I mean, not only is it just been uh, localized into hotel beds. Yeah. It's in uh, mass transportation centers, subway cars, things like that, buses well, and whatnot. That's, that's what the English are freaking out about. Is they've been apparently they've been sighted on trains. Yeah, which not for nothing boggles the mind as it is, knowing a thing or two about a thing or two. Indeed, um, you don't normally find bedbugs on non-porous surfaces like plastic and yeah. steel and things like that, which is generally the seating in. Subways and rail cars and buses and whatnot. Yes, and there are 15 Eurostar trains that go from Paris to London every day. Every day. Do they make little tiny boarding passes that tiny for bedbugs? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently so. But yeah, the British Oof. are just freaking out about this, and that's, that's hilarious yeah. because the French really aren't. You know, and they've got yeah. the, the Olympics coming, apparently, in 2024. I believe the phrase is laissez-faire. Laissez-faire. <laughs> Benefits of a classical education. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Hans. Benefits of a classical education. There we go. So, uh, yeah, and, and here's the crux of it. Now, we saw this uh, about 10 years ago in New York City. They themselves also having a huge bed bug problem. Yeah. And at the time, it was the same exact playbook. It had, it made its way into the public transportation. They also mentioned at that time cinemas, which... Fun fact, I haven't been to the movies since that, okay? Yeah, shootings won't keep me I away. I was going to say here, and I thought it was the mass no, shootings. No, no, it's the critters in yeah. the fabric of those nasty seats. Okay. Uh, and even at the time, in retail clothing shops. Right. And you would also hear that a lot of the uh, materials that they use to make new mattresses yeah. are from recycled mattresses, and they also found that a great uh, amount of these... Unlike like your name brands, your Sealy, your Serta, but all the other ones that like furniture stores import yeah. were made with recycled materials, which had bed bugs in it already from the Yikes. jump. No pun intended. Wow. So yeah, so it was a bad scene, and really, before I, I say what will kill bed bugs, I'll yeah. say the one ingredient that's involved. No matter what technique you use, whether it's chemicals, heating, freezing, dogs sniffing them out, whatever. Yeah is that you need to remove the human element. The, oh, yeah. the Whatever provides the warmth and the blood for these things yep. needs to be taken out of the equation. Oh, yeah. That's why hotel rooms, when they get it, they go out of service for several weeks. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is if you do 10 seconds worth of research into bed bugs, you find out that they're notorious mm -hmm. hitchhikers. Yes. They love grabbing a ride. And in 2022, 44 million tourists passed through Paris. Oof. Yeah, that's a lot of free rides, folks. Yeah. You know? We're not talking Lyft and Uber here. Oh, <laughs> you know? oh boy. So now on top of this, obviously, is the fact that the Olympics are on their way <laughs> to Gay Paris. <laughs> so this is why it's it's really under the microscope yep, now. Yep, yep. So look, any city, in my opinion, any modern city that hosts the Olympics, all you're doing is putting yourself in debt. You're yeah. not getting any 
any real return from this. Oh, God, yes. Especially when you're like a giant tourist attraction like Paris is already. To begin with, yeah. Talk about a city that doesn't need the Olympics. Total prestige thing. But now, okay, you've got, if you don't fix this problem, you've got a massive influx of millions and in, in, in many instances of people mm-hmm. coming in now, yep. staying in all these places, and then, <coughs> like the receding tides, <laughs> leaving... <laughs> Like to address the concerns of our friends on on the Emerald Isle and Great yep. Britain. Yep. Yeah, yeah. These bugs are going to go with them to the next destination. Oh yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah. We're talking like infestation nation. Yes. Going global. You know, going oh, completely global. I mean, could there could there not be a horror movie in the works? You know, courtesy of that very scenario. It's like the the end credit scenes of the modern take on Planet of the Apes, how they show the virus spreads yep, yep. through the airline destination, yeah. you know, travel routes and whatnot. This thing is writing itself. Yes, it really is. Yeah. And it's sad, on the other hand, because the only known, like, infallible way to get rid of bed bugs is through uh, a, a favorite chemical of mine. DDT, okay? <laughs> Which, there was a time, Chemical let's say, warfare. in the 70s, yeah, yeah. where bed bugs literally had been reduced to a children's nursery rhyme. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. Good night, don't let the bed bugs bite. Ha, ha, ha. They were almost, uh, for lack of a better word, extinct. Okay? Yeah. Yep. But they found in the 70s, because apparently in the 70s, everything caused cancer, looking at you, Saccharin. Right. They did testing on mice. Yeah. And they found that trace amounts, trace amounts, steadily fed to mice of DDT would, in most cases, cause cancer. Right. So they immediately stopped using DDT as a chemical to treat yeah. all of these different milus, which would host bed bugs. Right. Well, hello, the bed bugs came home to roost, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And now you've got to deal with, like I said, a myriad of, of different ways to kill these things. Oh, yeah. But look, the bottom line is any chemical that they use and any good exterminator will tell you this. There's that one little disclaimer, like on the on the decon shit you buy in the store. Yeah, they kill everything else in sight. Right? Yeah. But kills on contact. contact. And if you don't hit the nest of the bugs and if you don't know every place where they go to run and hide, yeah. you're spitting in the wind. Yeah, okay? literally. literally. So again, I say, sorry, bring back DDT, <laughs> load up the crop dusters, because really, there's, there's no other feasible way they're going to alleviate this problem yeah. within a year yeah. at all these locations to an acceptable standard. Just Without raging no chemical warfare. Well, right. you know, it, it is funny... Coming from that angle, uh, and just in doing the research for this particular topic, um, one of the things that struck me, of course, was any story about bed bugs featured a <laughs> photo close up oh, of, of the best the bed bug, which just made you itch like hell. Yep. Uh, and the second thing that struck me funny was these things apparently evolve so quickly uh, that they become immune to chemicals very, very, very quickly. Yep. And despite this fact. You can still kill them uh, with soap and water. You can oh, kill yeah. them, you know, in a wash cycle. Right. Which, you know, funny, back in the day when I was a big fan of the Grateful Dead, I used to hear the same <laughs> thing said about deadheads. <laughs> and uh, I, just, I don't know if there's a connection there. Is, I uh, don't know. As, a, as a big fan of the stereotype, I find that <laughs> funnier than it should be. Yeah. I guess it also works on fish fans then. And, oh, wow. 
Yeah. But I mean, perhaps. yeah, I mean, bed bugs don't carry little scuba gear, okay? They can't breathe in the water. No, they don't. No. They don't fly. And as far as like the, the hideous worst case scenario pics they always show, yeah. I'm kind of glad they do that because at least this shows people what the hell a bed bug looks like. Yeah. So they don't confuse it with, oh, I don't know, an inchworm, Everything. a ladybug, a daddy Please. Claw yeah. <laughs> but it is funny, just going back to you, the point you made about the chemicals, like when you wash them, when you take that uh, approach, mm-hmm. they do have to ha- have some kind of contact with the soap. Mm-hmm. You know, with the tide or, or whatever. Right. Uh, or it doesn't kill them. Simple yeah. hot water doesn't do it. They have to come in contact with the detergent mm-hmm. to get snuffed out. And, you know, people don't realize this, but they can live up to six months without, quote unquote, feeding. Yes, that's blood. Feeding. They will go into the walls and yeah. hide along the electrical conduits and be able to subsist, even in the winter, off of whatever trace amounts of residual heat are flowing along those electrical conduits. Yeah. And and just for the record, I did get douche chills when you said feeding. <laughs> we are the hungry ones. Your torments call us like dogs in the night. And we do feed. And that's the thing. I mean, they will bite. If you've got two people in the same bed and there's bed bugs there, yeah. they will bite one and not necessarily bite the other. Well, that's, that's a funny. another funny thing I stumbled across is apparently... An estimated 30% of the human population doesn't react at all to being bitten. Mm-hmm. Which, on one side, you say, ah, good for them, you right. know? Uh, but on the flip side, what that basically means is they could carry it with them and not even know it. Right. It doesn't mean they're not getting bitten. Yeah. It just means that they're not aware of it. And the thing with, with anything that's, that's parasitic and feeds on blood, immediately where people's minds go to is transmission of disease. Right. Which I'm not saying it is or isn't a possibility, yeah. but there's a lot of things that feed on blood that don't transmit it, like mosquitoes have been known to. Right. So, I mean, either way, it's just something that, look, you need to get rid of them, all right? Yeah. It's it's a parasite, no matter how you slice it. Yeah. And it's not in a symbiotic relationship, like the little bird that cleans the alligator's mouth. <laughs> All they do is bite you, feed on you. And like you said, some people will react badly. And, and me being the guy that if I'm uh, sitting out one night, since it's autumn, this is timely, yep. and someone's got a little fire pit going, you know? Mm-hmm. And let's say it's a warm night. Not only does the smoke always go directly at my face, no matter of where course. I'm sitting, of course. but if there's any mosquitoes out, guess who they're going to bite? They zero right in. Right? I, yeah. I could dip myself in DEET, and it's not going to make <laughs> a hell of a difference. And yeah, I'm going to be covered in friggin' mosquito bites. So... I'm one of those people that if there's me and somebody else in the bed, they're probably going to bite me. Right. So right. I don't want to share my abode with them. Sure. And it's just like, just walk away. Ah. Again, I, this has got all the makings of a just classic horror flick. Right. Classic. If you've seen an up close shot, blown up mm-hmm. of a bed bug, they're freaking scary looking right. little bastards. They're and again, yeah, we should also mention the, the simple fact, because what's simple to us might not be simple to everybody else. Yeah. Um, it's got nothing to do with the cleanliness of the establishment. Thank you. It yes. could be a five-star, and I know people mm-hmm. <laughs> who have been at five-star resort hotels yeah. and got into a room that was infested again with bed bugs. Yeah. We're not talking the lone traveler, the occasional one, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, you're not safe anywhere. So to this day, first thing I do, no matter where I'm staying in a hotel, I do the basic checks. Yeah. You know, take off the fitted sheet, check the mattress, look at the seam yeah. for the little pin-sized dots, you know, when it's not really invested in, but another, on its way. Another big tip is use the luggage rack. Always. Don't put your suitcase right on the bed, because yep. that's where they hang out. They'll jump into your suitcase, bang, bang, exactly. done. Exactly. 
You know, I think bedbugs probably hold the distinction of having the most incorrect information I agree. about them out there. And, of course, social media, and this is what's going on in Paris right now, you know, just fans the flames of incorrect information, stupid conclusions, mm-hmm. dumb shit people do. Yeah, do your homework on this kind of stuff, especially if you're a traveler. Yes. You know, because the information is readily available. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you don't, you know, simple things like that. Don't put your suitcase on the bed. Yeah. You know? But, you know, if I was one of those people that was planning on going there, you know, keep in mind that it's not going to be as simple as you go to a hotel. Let's say you do your due diligence, you check, you find something. In many cases, they'll just put you on another floor of the hotel, which might be completely fine. Yeah. But you're heading into a city that's hosting the Olympics. Any hotel rooms, including hostels and everything else, vacancy is going to be few and far between. Yeah. So you might not have the option. Your plans might very well just be dashed on the rocks because... I don't know. You can sleep in your car. I mean, seriously, what are you going to do? So just keep it in mind, folks. It's a yeah. little warning from us to you, Indeed. the world travelers, our friends, and kind of to, to make up for the fact that we, you know, might have just put the kibosh on next year's summer <laughs> vacation. And and again, ruined our fan base in Paris. Right. And yeah. Because we man, are an international, international <laughs> podcast. Woof. We're now pariahs. Yeah. Is that a French word? I wonder. Is it? It might be. kind of has a French uh, ring impossible. to it, Impossible. <laughs> that being said, Indeed. it's time for our third gem. And for oh. this one, oh, well, you know, we're, we're sticking with the swinging happening theme we got going on. Indeed, indeed. But with a different little twist. And nobody, <laughs> and I do mean nobody, swung like this guy. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a provocative and yet true way to put it. Indeed. And, and <laughs> a little double entendre right. there, huh? We're, wow. we're, we're, we, we fell back into, uh, we've got to go with one of our guilty pleasures of course, the incomparable Mr. Tom Jones. Indeed. Doing It's Not Unusual, and in, in parentheses, to get bit by a bed bug. Right. In Paris. Indeed. In the summer. Mm. <laughs> so why don't we spin this one for the good folks, <laughs> and then come back with uh, some things and stuff and a wrap-up. So stay tuned. <laughs> It's not unusual to see me cry, I wanna die It's not unusual to go out at any time But when I see you out and about, it's such a crime If you should ever wanna be loved by anyone It's not unusual, it happens every day No matter what you say Find it happens all the time Love will never do What you want to do Why can't this crazy love be more? It's not unusual to be mad with anyone It's not unusual to be sad with anyone 
But if I ever find that you've changed at any time It's not unusual to find that I'm in love with you Oh, man, that song is going to be stuck in my head <laughs> until further notice. Until further notice. But we had to. Yeah. Had and, to. and not a bad thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's not like, you know, having a bad commercial jingle stuck in your head or anything <laughs> like that. That is a classic, which, believe it or not, that was the first U.S. hit for a very young no Tom kidding. Jones. Yeah. Wow. Back in uh, March of 65, it came out uh, part of an album called Along Came Jones. Huh. And uh, believe it or not, the song was recorded as a demo intended for a vocalist named Sandy Shaw. Interesting. Uh, yeah, never was supposed to be a Tom Jones song, but Sandy was apparently so impressed with the way Tom did it. Right. She said, no, you, you need to run with this. Sure. And boom, first hit, and you know, thus birthed the legend of Tom Jones. Right. Who, as we mentioned earlier, swung like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you know, as uh, long-term, long-term <laughs> listeners of the show now, we we do have a soft spot for Mr. Jones, and uh, yeah, most people know him as that the guy they'd make fun of on the Friends Prince because of the stupid dance that Carlton would do. And uh, but to the uninitiated, again, I'll say it like we always do. To, the bottom line is the man had, had a voice like no one else. Oh man, pipes of steel. Yeah, could hit ranges and notes. Oh yeah, that's why he's a legend. Oh yeah, and, and it's just a crazy combination of yeah, having these amazing, amazing pipes, and you know, um, coming from a strictly heterosexual perspective, this guy was gorgeous. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he was and a especially good for back looking then. Man, it's like you universal, know? you know, good looks that lasted decades. Yeah, and. Women would just swoon and drop dead in front of him. Yeah. And you watch like any of the live performances, which you could find on YouTube for any number of shows he was on and stuff. Yeah. Chicks are losing their minds. They're throwing underwear <laughs> and hotel keys at him. Yeah. You know. So to that, I say, who the hell are we to criticize him? Oh, yeah. And this was back when hotel keys weren't, you know, little plastic right. things. Right. It was that like we have attached now. to a brick. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. And yeah, the guy was just. He was just all that and more, yep. you know? Ahead of his time, and yeah. uh, definitely an archetype, so. And, yeah, fitting, very fitting for the uh, for the theme Yep. and uh, for the topics that we touched Swinging on. Swinging jet setters. Indeed, indeed. Good <laughs> fun. Good fun. All right. So what's new in Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? Oh, uh, well, other than enjoying the hell out of this episode, which all I right. did. Uh, well, we got a new episode of the Rocky Billy Rumble, which just aired, since you folks won't hear this until next week. Uh, but definitely go back and check it out. I think it's one of my better ones, honest nice. to goodness. Nice. And then uh, we have a new uh, episode of the Classic Rock Showcase. Hmm, excuse me. We're going to uh, showcase one of my favorite, uh, let's say, alternative bands, Cake. Wow. Yep. And they've been around. Crazy. Uh, how these bands that we enjoyed when we were in college yes. you know, are now considered classic, classic rock. rock. Yeah, and the fact that, I mean, you lament the fact that we've got 160 episodes of this. I've also got, I think, almost exactly 160 episodes of the Classic Rock Showcase. Wow. And other than, say, the Beatles, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, Billy Joel, and ACDC, to name a few. Yeah, I yeah. think that's about it. Yeah. With multiple episodes, because the catalog's just that damn big. Yeah. Um, everybody else was like a one-off. So, yeah. Try that one at home, folks. <laughs> Woof. Wow. And I'll send a direct shot at all the other online radio stations out there. You suck. Yeah. 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 Thankfully, I've got a, a degree from the 
College of Classic Rock Knowledge, as Dude, they say. Go. And feeble and old as I am, I haven't forgotten most of it yet. Nice. So, yeah, so that's what we got going on. Of course, don't forget, there's always something going on every single damn day of the week on BigBoomRadio.com, because that's what that's what keeps it fun. Yeah. Right. And as always, if you folks have any ideas, suggestions, complaints, because we haven't heard from little Myra Goldstein yeah, now in Boise, I had to duck any rocks recently. And I know we've made some mistakes, too. I'm sure so we have. I'm sure maybe we she's, have. Maybe she's blossomed into a young lady, and she's... Oh. Active in other pursuits now. Do you think we've been rejected? Could could very well be. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. Might be time for another prank call to Schmuggers and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a callback to the first ten episodes, wow, folks. Wow, seriously, Schmuggers and Johnson. Ouch. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, they loved us too. <laughs> yes, they did. They loved us. So on that note, that's about it for this. Yes, your episode 160. Damn. Oof. Suck it, Adam Baldwin. <laughs> and as always... God forbid we, <laughs> we, we let a show go by where you don't take a shot at poor Alec. Yeah, I mean, it's not a nice send-off like, you know, Walter Cronkite or Dan Rather would do, but I'm going to keep that one for my own. For now. All right, all right. And enough, suck right. it, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> as always, thank you for welcoming us into your ear. <laughs> I am, of course, Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.